Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. We all have stories to tell, and that's what this show is all about. When we tell our stories, we pass along wisdom. I have found that most women are generous when it comes to telling their stories. They're eager to share all the details about how they got to where they are today, including all the bumps along the way. And when we listen to their stories, we are empowered to say, if she can do it, I can do it. In the spotlight, a woman who has made it her life's work to give. She has spent her entire career in leadership roles for organizations like the American Red Cross, Go Girl Go, the Massachusetts Amateur Sports Foundation, and the Special Olympics. She has also served as the past president of the board of directors for the New England Women's Fund and has been involved with the NCAA Boston Local Organizing Committee for the Women's Final Four. And if you see a pattern here, you are correct. This exceptional woman is all about women and the influence of sports in a growing girl's and a young woman's life. Her latest chapter has brought her great joy and international attention. She is the founder and the president and CEO of Dream Big, a 501c3 nonprofit devoted to providing girls and young women in low-income situations with the opportunity to play sports. Linda Driscoll, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy, very much. Oh, it's so good to see you. And I have to admit to everyone, I've been so honored to be on your board of directors for a few years now, and I'm such a believer in what you're doing. I'm so glad you could be on the show. Thank you so much. And I know as a former swimmer that you understand completely the empowerment of sports in a young girl's life. You got it. You founded Dream Big in 2010, and so far, 35,000 girls and young women have been directly impacted by the charity. Yes. Tell us how this works. How do you make sports possible for girls in low-income communities? It really works in the sense of any coach, program leader, principal in a school system, community-based organization, sports organization can actually go on our website. And it's very simple. They just fill out an equipment grant request or a program scholarship for an individual girl or an entire team. And they basically can say, I have a girl that can't participate on Wednesday because she doesn't have a $15 pair of shin guards and can't afford them. Or we have an entire team that needs brand new uniforms. Can you help us? And we go in and we review them on a weekly basis and we turn it around and provide them with the items or program fees they need to participate. But that to me means that you had to go out and get manufacturers to believe in the mission. Absolutely. From Adidas to Nike to all of these organizations that have backed us over the years and provided us with hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment and sports attire and the Boston Athletic Association is part of their Boston Marathon official charity partner program that raises us a quarter of a million dollars a year. This is all possible because of them and all of our donors that help us on a daily basis. How did you come up with the idea for this nonprofit? Was there like a light bulb moment? I mean, how did it happen? So, you know, we all played sports when we were young and we never really thought about the impact it would have later in our lives. But I literally was sitting in a room with a with a basketball coach of a high school girls team and she was looking for uniforms for her girls program. And I knew they were playing. So I basically just said, you know, what are they wearing now? And she said that the boys played before the girls. The boys would go in the locker room after their game, take off their uniforms, and the girls would have to put them on. 
And being a little bit of a germaphobe, I just couldn't even imagine that. So I drove home thinking of all the friends I had that played sports and how it impacted our lives and realized that like for the next six months, I just spent talking to high school coaches in urban communities and athletic directors and realized that literally games were being canceled in public schools because girls couldn't afford simple things like shin guards or basketball teams with 24 girls were playing and trying to train with just three balls so things like that. And I just said, you know what? It was at a point in my life where I have to do something about this. So I walked away from my job and took the next year or two just to develop Dream Big. And look at us now, 10-year anniversary celebration. Unbelievable. Let's go back to the beginning. You said that you walked away from your big job and you started talking to people, interviewing people. Did you draft a plan? Did you write it down? Is it like creating a company, like being an entrepreneur? Yes, absolutely. And I can tell you that I have the napkin where we came up with Dream Big as the name in a, in a restaurant as I was talking to another athlete who happened to be an Olympian. And we we're like, what could we call it? It's got to be something that's empowerment. And it's still progressing every day. We realize something new. But it really was amazing how this has kind of unfolded and the things, you know, we've added a leadership conference where middle and high school female athletes in urban communities can come and hear from former collegiate Olympic and professional athletes about the sports they played, the colleges they went to, and the careers they now have. And that's become a fabulous thing for us and really teaches girls about new programs and what they could focus on in their future as far as a job. It's one thing to believe in the mission itself. And obviously you do. But then to go out and to find believers to support you, who stepped up early in the game? The ones that came forward right away. I think there's something to be said for your friends and your teammates. A lot of my friends who played sports when they were younger were like, we'll help you. And some of my board members came with me from other nonprofits. And I have to say, if it wasn't for the Boston Athletic Association, which is the organizer of the Boston Marathon, they took us on when we were a one-person staff and said, we love what you're doing. We love that you're giving girls an opportunity here in Massachusetts to play who otherwise could not. And they brought us on board and they really have helped us to impact the 35,000 girls. I don't know if it would have been possible without them. I described the many leadership roles that you have had at other nonprofits, sports-related organizations, <laughs> when we first opened up the show today. What did you learn along the way? And how have you used that? Don't you think that every chapter in our life, every job we have, teaches us something. I always wanted to do my own nonprofit. I kind of had that mission. So when I started out with Special Olympics, I was in program. I was the director of sports and training. And then I knew I wanted to do this. So then I became the director of fundraising for the National Kidney Foundation. And then I went on to executive director of Mass Amateur Sports Foundation. And then Red Cross, it was senior director of area operations. So, so this was strategic. Yes. Each piece of that had a major role in understanding what I'm doing today. And I don't know if I could have done it had I not had those experiences along the way. Let's go back to Linda Driscoll growing up. What role did sports play in your life? Sports was everything to me. From elementary school where I played sports, even kickball or playing with my brothers on the dead end street we lived on. And they would put me in goalie and shoot tennis balls at me with their hockey sticks just so I wouldn't ask them to play anymore. I then became a field hockey goalie. So there might be something to be said about that. And then I went on and played in junior high and high school, went out for a field hockey in college and happened to jump out of an airplane my first week of college and hit the ground. And that kind of ended my field hockey career at that moment. But what was the lesson then for you as a young girl growing up playing sports? What did you learn about yourself? You know, I, I think at the time you just think it's a fun game. 
But now if I look back at it, all of my friends were my teammates. Like I never was alone. There was the support system that always brought something into my life on a daily basis. And I'm still friendly with a lot of those people. I think it was increased self-esteem and an awareness of like who I was. I knew I had to manage my time because I had practice after school and with grades. And I had to show up to school every day because if I didn't, I couldn't play. There were so many lessons that come out of sports. And if you look at organizations like Ernest and Young, who did a, a research study of 400 very senior women in their careers, 94% of them played sports at some point in their life. So it's becoming much more significant in this day and age. I can still remember very clearly a time when I had a bumper sticker on the back of my old Firebird that said, equal sports for girls. We have come a long, long way. In your opinion, though, 2019, what is still needed? I honestly think that it varies by community. Certain suburban communities, the opportunities are very big at a young age. I think if you go to a lot of the underserved communities in every state, you lose that at the young age. So most of the high schools, for example, in, say, Boston Public Schools, girls are coming into high school being taught the game of softball. It's not like they're coming in having played for 10 or 15 years. And so I think that we need to start focusing a little bit on that. And we've done it within Dream Big mm -hmm. is really focusing on how do we get girls playing at a younger age that will then love the sports throughout their whole life. And that's also a, the health benefits that come along with it and the increased self-esteem at a younger age so you're not so worried about your appearance. Those types of things that I think become significant. I have read that a girl's self-esteem peaks when she's about 10 years old. Yes. And if she doesn't have a role model, it goes down from there. Absolutely. Add sports, a coach, teammates. What happens? It all comes together. I think about my coaches when I was young playing, and they were my mentors. They were the ones, you know, if I was having a hard day, I'd talk to them about it. My teammates, I just, I always had a support system, and I always felt so good about myself growing up, having absolutely no idea that that was related to the game I played every day. And it's also, I think, so important to be part of the greater whole. Yes. You're a team member. It's not just your individual accomplishment. It's what you did for this team. And the lessons about how to be a good employee, how to be a successful woman, they're all in there. They absolutely roll over into that boardroom or that meeting you're in and you know how to play on a team and you're part of a group. And whether it's teammates or coworkers, it doesn't make a difference. It's a lesson you learn. Current superstar athlete role models for girls in 2019. Who do these girls look up to? What do they tell you? I know you're out in the field talking to them all the time. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmasian, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. I mean, I think they, they look up to a lot of different people. There's the Serena and Venus Williams. There's the Julie Foudy's. I can name yeah. a million probably right. that just become significant in these girls' lives. And they, and they need to see more of that. There's not, I don't think there's enough of that yet. And I think there's opportunities that need to exist of that. There's also the barriers that still exist. 
if a family doesn't have a car and they can't take their daughter to practices and or to competitions, and or if someone doesn't have a credit card and they can't purchase something online to get it sent to them because there's not a sporting goods store in the middle of downtown Boston or in some areas, those things all play a role in this. So there's an economic barrier that needs to be broken down in order for us to kind of get that next level Thank you to Billie Jean King, and I will say it 100%, you know, she changed the world for girls and, and women in sports and continues to do so every single day along with the Women's Sports Foundation. And because of that, it continues to grow, but we are definitely, definitely not at a place we should be yet. 2010 was the year that you founded Dream Big. Yes. And here we are, 10-year anniversary. Yes. I'm going to guess that some of the young girls that you helped are now coming out and saying, you changed my life. Absolutely. Our very first program scholarship winner, who we actually sent to basketball camp and gave her equipment and gave her team equipment. Actually, last year, I've attended her high school graduation, her college graduation, her nursing school graduation. Besides her parents, I was the second person she called crying that she got a full-time job as a nurse at Mass General Hospital. Those stories, it's amazing to see that. You know, we were talking with a coach the other day that we've sponsored a lot of these college showcases for athletes in Boston to attend in the summers. And 35 of the 54 girls that graduated high school that we sent to college showcases are now playing college ball. For us to know that that barrier or even the cost of college has been broken down, it's just so meaningful because it really shows us the impact we're having. And my heart melts when I talk about it. I'm like well, going to cry. Me, me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, you know, it's... two of us, I need some Kleenexes in here. But you know what I want to say too, though, or ask you is when you were in the restaurant that night and you were playing around with the name for the organization Dream Big, how could you ever have known that this is what would happen? Truthfully, I didn't. I did not understand the need. I didn't understand the impact we would have. And I think for me, it was worrying about getting them the equipment so they could play. I didn't realize in underserved communities, the impact that sports even played bigger than I thought it would. The piece that we're getting girls to go to college on full ride scholarships, so they're not coming out of school with sixty dollars and $70,000 in loans, that's huge. It's changing their lives. And so there's pieces of this that, yes, I sit here 10 years later and I wish I could share every story or every little handwritten thank you card we get from girls from elementary school who say they learned to jump rope in our double dutch program. I went to the women's final four and the championship team, I have to say, had one of our scholarship winners on it. And I was so I was like, that's us. <laughs> and, and so, you know, Dream Big just says everything about this. It's it's as simple as giving a girl a pair of sneakers or a program fees so she can participate that could seriously change her life forever. Your work, this charity, is getting a lot of attention. Yes. Well-deserved. You were recently asked to present in Botswana at the 7th World Conference on Women and Sports. Yes. This was huge. I heard 800 people were represented there. What did you learn? What did you offer? What was it like? That 10 million people want to start a dream big in their, in their countries. But I think... What I learned was sports is different in every community. So, you know, here we think of empowerment of getting girls to play so they can go to college and have full-time careers and live healthy, active lives. Whereas in other countries, they want girls to participate in sports because of the issue of girls being married off at 12 years old and 
girls being attacked. And there's just such a difference to the empowerment of sports as you go around, you know, and we've impacted now, I think it's seven countries through Dream Big work over the last 10 years. And we're now up to 29 states. We provided Somalia's women's basketball program with new uniforms so they could play in a national competition for the first time ever. You need to write a book. (laughs) And then I'll have you on the show again. That sounds wonderful. The Boston Globe gave Dream Big a huge award in 2018. It's called a Globy. Tell us all about it. It was one of those things that I always just thought men sports teams won in Boston. And because I've always heard about the David Ortiz and Tom Brady wins one every year. And I never even realized that there was an option for us to get this award. And when I ever got the call from the sports director at, at the Globe and and Joe was like, you know, Linda, like you're getting our Community Hero Award. I, I honestly, that just sent me to tears because for us to be able to be on that platform to win a Globy in Boston, which is such a significant sports town, and to have that many people hear about the important yes. work we're doing and also that we need support. We need those people to come to us and say, here's all the men's sports out here, and but we need to continue to help it so that the girls and young women get to play too. It was just a really meaningful, special honor from the Boston Globe. You were also inducted into the New England Women's Sports Hall of Fame? I was. Well, <laughs> what was that like? It was very special. It was, it was very special to be in a, in a room with a bunch of very amazing women and hear their stories And also to be honored for the fact that I just love that people are giving recognition to girls and young women. And and if you watch the Super Bowl this week, then you would have seen, you know, I love that Tom Brady was holding his daughter and some of the athletes were holding their daughters as they received, you know, held the award and and spoke. And I think that's important because young girls have to see that. They have to see that they have the chance of this. One of my favorite scenes as Tom Brady's little girl, who, by the way, gorgeous little thing, (laughs) is trying to grab the Vince Lombardi trophy. And I thought, very good. I like that. I like that spunk. (laughs) Someday she could be winning it. (laughs) As you look back on these last 10 years, what are you most proud of? I think watching these girls that we gave something to that was just so simple and seeing where they are today and knowing that we impacted their lives. And I say we because None of this was done by me. I just happened to be on the forefront, being able to take on awards or whatever it happens to be. But the reality is this was hundreds of volunteers and board members from all different companies that came with us from the very first beginning day, and they are still with us today. And every single donor and the thousands of Boston Marathon charity runners and all of these people, including yourself, who has been on our advisory board since the beginning. I mean, it really has been a team effort to get Dream Big to where it is today. But you wrote the name on that napkin. I did. If a parent or a girl or a young woman who yearns to play sports but can't afford the equipment is listening to this show and wants to learn more about Dream Big, what should they do? They can go to our website, which is www.dream-big.org, and they can just look in all the information. They can ask their coach to apply for their daughter or their principal or their school teacher. And they can actually just fill out information and and get their daughter or, you know, young woman involved. What is next for you? Do you have a bucket list? Any more ideas? Any more napkins with good stuff written on them or what? 
my bucket list would be that Dream Big wouldn't be needed because every girl could play without the thought process of the cost being too out of control for her or her family or that the cost of getting to practices or the cost of going to community-based programs and the fees that are included. My next step would be to expand this further than we're expanding it outside of Boston. At this moment then, at this time in your life, Linda Driscoll, what does success mean to you? Handing a girl a pair of sneakers so she can run down the track. I want to say thank you so much for everything you've done and for your continued success with Dream Big, maybe around the world, right? Yes. It's a role model. Yes, absolutely. And so are you. Well, thank you so much, Candy, and thank you for being a special part of this since we started 10 years ago. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?